This is your source for genre news, album reviews, and commentary on all things heavy. The Metal Here are your hosts, Brendan Flum and George Fong. Love one another, it has been said, is the supreme law. But what power has made it so? Upon what rational... I was going to do this whole thing. This is too much. I didn't even have my microphone, so it's good. Oh, really? (laughs) I was going to do this whole thing. It was way too much. Hello, and welcome to the... Fuck. Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Metal Pod, the Halloween edition, titled... Halloween. Halloween. Is that, is that a copyright issue? Why would that be a copyright issue? Because there's already a band called Halloween. It might be a trademarked. We're calling it Halloween. Yeah, we're calling it Halloween. Um, have you been since we've last met? Oh, you know, as you can see, pretty messed up. So <laughs> yeah, pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah as, as good as here. ever. Yeah. It, we we uh we are in full Halloween garb, as you can tell. Uh, we're getting in the spirit of it. Um, Halloween is the most metal holiday. There so you go. It's only right. And you can't talk about Halloween without talking about black metal, which we will be today. Indeed. Um, and shock rock yep. go hand in hand. Yep, yep. But before we do, uh, Brennan, what are you wearing today? This is my uh, <laughs> my Halloween costume from seventh grade. I'm I'm a maggot, as you can see, a Slipknot maggot. The you know, got the Slipknot ski mask, Slipknot jumpsuit going on. So. Yep. So your your uh, your thing today is Slipknot. Of course. Okay. Mine will be, you see that? My Nine Inch Nails patch. Of course. On my not battle jacket. Um, yeah, Trent Reznor plays all the instruments and the vocals, in case you didn't know. And he uh, kind of kickstarted Marilyn Manson, who's a big shock rock guy. So Yeah, true. It's good. Very true. Yep. Some people say he made Marilyn Manson. Yeah. I, it's not true. He definitely kickstarted. He helped. He yeah, yeah, big for help. sure. Yeah. Some people said that if there'd be if there was no Nine Inch Nails, there'd be no Marilyn Manson, which I dis- disagree with. But yeah, yeah, I okay. think I disagree as well. Okay, cool. All right, so metal news. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this one, but uh, Miley Cyrus announced that her next project is going to be a Metallica covers album. Just on a specific album or just hits? I don't know. <laughs> and I don't... Uh, we'll see, I guess. Good she, Lord. She's already covered uh, Nothing Else Matters. Um, um, did you listen to that? I didn't, but... Uh, <laughs> you just know about it. I heard her uh, Blondie cover of Heart of Glass, and I'm a, I grew up on Blondie, so I thought it was pretty cool. But mm. Blondie and Metallica are not the same thing. No. So this is a bit of a challenge. Uh for her and me as a metal fan, uh, I'm, I'm actually kind of interested to see how it sounds. So. Yeah, I mean, she can scream. Yeah. So, yeah. see how it goes. We will see indeed. <laughs> um, what else we got? Uh, so, Code Orange announced uh, a live stream event mm-hmm. called Back Inside the Glass wow. with, who do we got here? Jesus Peace, Machine Girl, and Year of the Knife. That was a rescheduled concert from... I think I told you about this last time. They were supposed to be at the Majestic in Detroit in mm. April, but because of COVID, obviously, they had to cancel that. Um, right. So I guess this is the makeup, and it sounds pretty sweet. They were yeah. going to be playing in, like, a literally a glass box. 
Whoa. And all the, all the promo stuff, they're playing with a lot of paint and stuff. So maybe they're going to like splatter the glass with paint while they play. Don't really know, but that's going to be on Halloween night. So hmm. pretty awesome. And got to admit, I'm not a huge fan of the whole uh, live streaming concerts because it's just, it's not the same. But the only one that I did watch was Code Orange uh, right when the pandemic hit. Oh. Um, their new album under- underneath came out literally the weekend. Uh, that they canceled school for us, so they did a, a live stream concert and got to admit it was absolutely amazing. Oh, cool! So uh, how was not, the audio quality? Was it good? It was really good. Oh, okay, um, cool. Like I said, it was like an album release party. Uh, they played mm. in an empty venue, obviously, in their home hometown of Pittsburgh, and honestly, just tore it up. So it was pretty cool to see. So. If you're going to watch any live stream band, I'd recommend Code Orange just because I don't know how the other ones are, and they've proven to be really good. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't been uh, attending any live stream concerts as well, but if you're a big fan, I mean, I imagine that's probably really cool that they're doing that. I mean, is it free? I don't know. Okay. Cause the first were, one was. I don't know about this right. one. Some so. of them are free, some of them aren't. I mean, it's a free concert, I guess. Um, yeah, if it is, hopefully. And I mean, right. that's another thing. A lot of bands are charging, which I understand, but mm-hmm. uh, if I'm... If I'm gonna have to pay to watch something on my computer, I could just go to YouTube and watch past concerts, you know. So right. I mean, but I mean, support the bands you like for sure. Yeah, D- don't get me wrong. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, what else we got? Uh, Ozzy rescheduled his farewell uh, no more tours to 2022. So good for him. Yeah, he's trying to get clear of the pandemic when he goes. <laughs> yeah, he goes honestly, because I mean, 2022. That's <clears throat> that's a long time yeah. for Ozzy, man. Like. He, he can't die. He can't. I mean, he, he's, he he's already immortal, so I mean, it's fine. <laughs> right, right. But, dude, literally, like, I'm pretty sure, like, scientists actually, like, clarified him as a mutant because of all the drugs and alcohol he's put yeah. in his body over the years. Like, I, I've, I've heard the, the same. Um, we have no corroborating evidence, but it's fun yeah. to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Like, yeah. there's no way he should be alive right now. No. And he has Parkinson's, too, which sucks. Right. But if if it happens, you know, like... That's that's metal as hell. Yeah. So that's and, awesome. and I can't imagine by 2022 that you know concerts won't be pretty much back to normal. Um, yeah, if at least not like 90 percent. So hopefully, and I mean, the initial report was that um, concerts won't be back until fall of 2021 hmm. at the earliest. Yeah. So I'm I, we're hoping for that pretty hard, obviously. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, speaking of 2021, Mashuga is supposed to have. Their new album out by the end of 2021, late 2021. Uh, Very excited for that. Yeah. Uh, the Violent Sleeper Reason was the last one. It was I a live thought. album, too. Uh, not live. It was performed live. Like, as a... St- in the studio, yeah. Yeah. That's honestly the best way to do it. Yeah, in it was my cool. Opinion. Yeah. It sounded tight, too. Yeah. So it's like you couldn't even... If if I, if I wasn't told, I wouldn't be able to tell. So Yeah, and it was a, a great album, obviously. So mm-hmm. looking forward to the follow-up. Uh, another new album, uh, Ghost, is supposed to have... Their new one out this winter. Um, hopefully, they follow through on that because yep. I mean, could use some new ghost right now. Mm-hmm. Could always use some new ghost. Um, Shout out to my first concert. Hell ever. yeah! There you <laughs> go. It's a great first concert. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think who's the guy they're on now? They've moved on from Cardinal Copia, who was Papa Emeritus. Is that who they're on? Yeah. So there's been like three Papa, three Papas, and now they're on the fourth. I think. They did three. Is it the same singer, or is it? Yeah, it's the same guy. But he just doesn't do character. Correct for okay. each each album cycle, right. and apparently he plays all the instruments on the albums too, 
and the ghouls who are alive are just like session guys who are just. Well, did you hear about that dispute between the ghouls? Yeah, I I really don't know what the deal is I, with you all that. Imagine so. that some of them are contributing to his songwriting. You would think, and I mean, Ghost has a very distinct. It sounds like the same band. Yeah, each album. yeah. Like there's always something different to each album, but like you can tell it's the same. But I mean, it's the same guy, so it could just be him. But you know, whatever. Who knows? Either they're, way, they're an esoteric band. So esoteric. Yeah. How so? You're, I mean, no one knows the identities of the yeah. the session members. Yeah, that's fair. that's already like the first thing. And for a while, they we didn't know the identity of the lead singer. Right. For until a long time. For a long time. So yeah. And apparently, his background is like he's a death metal singer. Like, I heard, yeah, yeah, actually, I did. I heard about that. Which is crazy to think about because yeah. they're a super melodic band now. Very versatile vocals. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but either way, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I know our, our opinions kind of differ on Ghost. I, I think it's fair to say that I like them more than you do. You like them more than me, but I like them. Okay. Because I, I know you like to to give me shit about it sometimes. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's all jokes. <laughs> Ghost is cool. Yeah, first, first concert's a great concert. For yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one we got here, uh, supposedly Carrie King and Dave Lombardo were going to form a new band before Jeff Hanneman died because they knew that Tom Araya was like eyeing his retirement. Makes sense. So that would have been super interesting. I'm not quite sure if by that they they meant that they wanted Jeff in that band. So like just Slayer without Tom, mm-hmm. like I don't really know. Either way, it's Dave Lombardo and Slayer again, which I'm always down for. Yeah. He's probably my favorite metal drummer, living metal drummer, I should say. So, I Really? Yeah. I mean, there's there's a bunch of good ones. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. With Sugar Joey Jordison? Yeah, that's I feel fair. like you would say you would I would have expected you to say Joey Jordison, but Yeah, but he's not he's not in Slipknot anymore, so it's kind of yeah. different. What is he in? Um Vimic? Vimic. Have yeah. you seen them? They're pretty solid, yeah. Yeah, no, I saw them. They were lead singer with a rat. Does he? He's yeah. <laughs> like he dresses like a rat, or he no, just no. He like just that? has like really, really wispy blonde hair, and his he, like when he sings, his face gets red because like obviously he's like singing really yeah, hard. That's he's awesome. Just like a rat, but yeah, Vimic and um, Sinsanum. He's in two. Sinsanum. Yeah, they're they're pretty solid too. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see Vimic at Open Air that one year? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool solid. to see Joey Jordison. It was. Yeah. Um, and that was before I ever saw Slipknot, so I was like, oh, hey, I know that. I know that, that was guy. before you ever saw Slipknot? I saw Vimic before I ever saw Slipknot. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. When was your first Slipknot? My first Slipknot concert was... Was it Download? No way. You've had to have seen him before that. No. Download. I think that was my first time seeing Slipknot. It was in England. <laughs> it wasn't even in the U.S. That's the best... <laughs> I mean that's the best I've ever seen him. So I mean that's that's good. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I yeah, it was then, and then after that, I saw them at Pine Knob. Did, yeah, so that makes sense. But yep, that's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Well, yep. but yeah, going back though, Dave Lombardo is he's the godfather of the double bass. So that's where yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, you give him give and you him know that. I love Vinny and uh, uh, what's his name Adler, Chris Adler. Chris Adler is a like, great. Great drummer. It's too. tough, but yeah. yeah. Um, who's who's to say though? If Jeff, Jeff Hanneman didn't die. Yeah. We could be seeing like the second coming of Slayer kind of thing, but I yeah. know Kerry King has said he's gonna release some solo stuff. Oh, that's good for him. Yeah, so should be interesting to see how that plays out. Yep. 
I mean, yeah, that's all I have for metal news. So. Alrighty. All right, and then uh, the topic we'll be talking about this week is Halloween. Starting it off with Shock Rock. Uh, Brendan, take it away. All right, man. Shock Rock, as you know very well, uh, it's based more on the visual than it is the sound itself, for sure. the most part. Um, and I know you like the visuals. We've had this this argument about corn uh, and DTE and like the visuals of a concert, which obviously goes into it. I'm more about the sound, but Shock Rock produces some of the best sound as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but for the purposes of me like explaining you the history of this, I guess it's easiest to say like it's kind of divided by decade. Like each decade had its own different characteristic of Shock Rock. Makes sense. Um, going back to like even the 50s, like Little Richard to like to start like you think about Little Richard's just like this classic rock and roll guy, but he he was African American and homosexual. Wow, and, I didn't know that. And during the fifties, like those are two of the you know, like white America like just doesn't like that at all. Right. And that little Richard probably like came as a surprise to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Like uh so yeah, there was him, uh Screaming Jay Hawkins, another African American guy. He was like in my opinion, like the first like true sh- guy who's like trying to scare people, mm. he d- he does that song. I-, I put a spell on you. If you uh, know that, I don't think I've heard that. You probably know when you hear it. But, yeah, it um, sounds familiar. Yeah, he's he's this this black guy who puts on like literally like these crazy like voodoo costumes. Like mm-hmm. he's like a witch doctor or something. Is it the fifties still. Fifties or sixties? I'm not quite sure. It was some okay. it was way back then. Um, but yeah, like he he was like the first guy to kind of bring in the the horror aspect to music. Mm. So um, that's pretty sweet. You got to like credit the pioneers like that. And then also staying back in that time period, Arthur Brown. Uh, you would definitely know the song "Fire" if you heard that. Okay. Very. It's it's a very satanic kind of song. So like, he starts it off by saying like, "I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire." And then, like, the song starts, it's sick. But, That's cool. Yeah, you would, it'd be right up your alley. Okay, but, um, I'll have to check that out then. Yeah, he he was, like, the... He had the stage show. Like, he was the first guy mm-hmm. to, like, really wear, like, metal makeup as we know it. I wouldn't consider him metal. But, like, he, he had, like, the black and white... Not necessarily corpse paint, but it was, like... Makeup. Yeah, and it was scary. And, like, mm-hmm. the, the song being fire, he's got a lot of fire on stage. Oh, um, pyrotechnics. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's a big part of it. Very cool. Um he was all about the stage show. Kind of kind of a one-hit wonder with that song, but like mm-hmm. because of the stage show, like he you know, got himself out there. And right. One of the defining characteristics of shock rock is like like I said it's about the visuals, but it's kind of like musical theater, like a circus carnival kind of thing. Yep. And their goal, you could you could make this argument about every shock rock artist, but you could make the argument that their goal is to scare people, of course, but like because they scare people in like white society, whatever, that white society gets scared of them, so they like ban them from like radio concerts, etc. But because they do that, like me as an audience member, want to just go out and buy it and listen to it more right it makes them cooler exactly yeah they they, they definitely it's like a, it's a spectacle like you said it's like a freak show yes. like look how um 
look at me make a spectacle of myself and like do taboo things mm-hmm. and then get banned but then you guys love it even more because it's so taboo and you've never seen anyone do it before yeah and a, a result of that is kind of like these these artists they they initially want to scare you and that is their goal but in the end like look at I'll, I'm about to get into like Alice Cooper and Kiss but like look at them now they're like what's popular like they're mm-hmm. widely accepted kind of thing yep um so yeah, last thing on Arthur Brown, like his vocal style had a huge influence on Iron Maiden, who mm. there he is right there, Eddie. Um, he uh, Bruce Dickinson, the singer of Maiden, he's very he's got that very operatic style. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Iron Maiden, they've also got that shock kind of value. Like their all their album covers have Eddie right here on the cover. Like they want to scare you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just cool to I just want to recognize Arthur Brown because like he had that influence on all these preceding artists, you know? Yep. So it's pretty cool. But speak of Alice Cooper and Kiss, they were like the 70s era, obviously. Um, so right after that, or the decade after. Yeah, like he, Arthur Brown pretty much led into, Alice Cooper is, has also been known to say that Arthur Brown was a huge influence on him. Really? Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but it should definitely be noted, and I know you'll like this, Rob Zombie's, he, he said his biggest influence is Alice Cooper. Yeah. And Kiss. So, I mean, it kind of, you know. They they really started it in, like, Western, or not Western, but um, just moder- the modern era of music, I feel like. Yeah, Like, the, the new sound. Yes. Um, They took it and electrified it. Yeah. And did it up and... Exactly. Yeah. And um, Alice, is he's, he's the godfather of shock rock. Like, yeah. that's literally his nickname. He's from mm-hmm. Detroit, Michigan, so... Yep repping that which is awesome uh but his whole thing is he he said i'm surrounded by all these rock heroes like just picture the 70s that's like kind of the heyday of rock mm-hmm. like hard hard rock at least like that's the heyday he's surrounded by all these rock heroes and he's like there's no villains why oh, that's dope why don't i create a villain yeah so, um yeah it is dope and like going off that kiss you could see them as like superheroes yeah yeah like, no that's totally different like same look, different um, intent. Yeah. But Alice Cooper was, he's the godfather for good reason, obviously. Rob Zombie's called him like the Beatles in a way in terms, mm. of, in terms of like shock music because he he had that stage show. He, he would literally decapitate himself on stage. Like, I don't know like how he did it, but like that Just was pretend part, to. <laughs> no, like you would literally see him go in a, in a guillotine. And the thing would drop, and his a head would fly out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. like, that being like, the coolest thing he did. He, I'm sure he did everything else, but like, yeah, that's the stage show was kind of what made Alice. Um, and he was obviously he's got that like skeleton looking eye makeup. Shit. I always thought it was like a jester kind of look. Yeah, exactly. Like a court jester, like an evil court jester. For sure. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, but then Kiss saw that and was like, only one guy is wearing makeup. Why don't we all wear makeup? That makes a lot, yeah. yeah. And then Paul right here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they, Kiss, Kiss kind of reached a higher status than Alice did. 100%. But. Their, their music was more accessible. Definitely too. more accessible. Yeah. And they took the stage show, Kiss has even admitted that like they weren't the best musicians, and like mm-hmm. it's it's obvious to see that they're they're not. They're obviously we talked about this last time, but they had a huge part of my upbringing into music. Yep. And like 
their makeup and all that went into it, of, of course. But they're not the best musicians. So they said, let's just put on a kick-ass show. They put on the best stage show probably of all time. Like, again, in context, in the 70s, no one had ever seen a stage show like that. Mm. And everything that came after, like, they owe it to Kiss for sure. Yeah. But kind of the downfall was due to the record labels, like, these guys are wearing makeup. We can merchandise the hell out of this. Oh, for sure. And it just got... They, they, they turned into a commodity. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Like, lunchboxes, uh, bubblegum, Pez dispensers, all this shit, <laughs> yeah. dude. Like, it just got so much. And It's like, where is... It's like, how... At that point, do you... Can you disconnect the, the commodity from the artist? Right. I feel like when, when you get to that superstar level, like... Where's the line between you're just a business now and you're a money machine and you're a genuine artist that's exactly. expressing themselves? And that's kind of the 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 reason that Kiss isn't like one of my all-time favorites because like really, I mean they are they have a special place in my heart forever. But you can't put of, them in that top spot. I can't just because of everything we just said. Really? Yeah, and I mean that kind of led to their downfall. I wouldn't call it a downfall, but like same with Alice and like like we said, Kiss and Alice became like popular like accepted by the end of the 70s right like, eventually the shock wears off and you are popular yeah you, you you you're accepted like when kids dress up like kids for halloween like you know there's there's no threat anymore if yeah. kids are them for halloween like, right it's turned into a an irony yes and that, that that's true with like not to get too philosophical but that's true with every aspect of life the the margins always come to the center yeah Definitely. Um, but yeah, uh, and I think that the the cool thing about shock rock is each generation tries to outdo the last one. Yes. It's like, okay, you guys were cool. We grew up on you, but now we, you have Kiss gum. We yeah. don't want to do that. We're going to do something even more shocking. And then eventually they move to the center and they're popular. And it's like, yeah. okay, we see what you guys are doing and so on. Yeah, and you just set me up perfectly because I was about to go into the 80s, which is like characterized by all the shock bands they focus more so on Satan. Like, Kiss Kiss was considered, like, satanic for a second when they came out because, like, yeah. Gene was the demon, all this stuff like that. But, like, kids dressing up like you for Halloween, like, it's, whatever. it's past, it's whatever. But then the 80s bands, like, Venom, Merciful Fate, King Diamond, like, that was... Bathory. Were, yeah. Like, they were, like, the 80s shock bands because... Mm-hmm. I mean, the satanic panic of the 80s. I yep, mean, yep, it's all in one. Celtic Frost as well. Did you say that already? No, but I'll, okay. let, I'll let you take that in a minute. But uh, if you consider Venom the, the first black metal band. A lot of people do. I, I would just for the sake of simplicity. Yeah. Because, like, they, they had an album and song called Black Metal. Right. And, like, another one was, like, Welcome to Hell with a song, like, In League with Satan. Mm-hmm. Like, so they were fo- focused on, like, Satan, but, like, they weren't, they've admitted, like... It's a show. Yeah, it's just an image. Like, it's, a, it's an act. Yeah, and they, they've said that, like, we're, we're entertainment. We're not, yeah. we're not, we're musicians, but we're entertainers, first I, I, and foremost. I saw this quote, too, by them, um, and it was like, we make music for guys that, like, drink beer and hang out. Like, we're yeah. not Satanists, we're not, like, hardcore. Right. Basically what you just said, like, we're entertainers. Yeah, but going along with that, though, King Diamond, who, the singer Merciful Fate, he had a very successful solo career as well. He He's a self-proclaimed Satanist. Mm-hmm. But what he said, he sees Satanism as a 
life philosophy instead of a religion. That's the way I would look at it. Okay. And there's a lot of confusion about Satanism. Uh, we can right. get in, we'll get into that right now just because you yeah. brought it up. Uh, Satanist, Satanism is an atheistic religion. And that is the biggest misconception that people have when they hear that word. So Satanists don't believe in the existence of the devil or God. They're atheists. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just use the iconography um, as a part of their religion, which it is. Um, mm-hmm. King Diamond said it was a philosophy of life. Yeah. Same deal. Um, just, to, just to clear that little that little. Yeah, for sure. I mean, staying with King Diamond, though, like he he has said that kind of tying it back with the whole Satan shock aspect. Like Mm -hmm. it's only as shocking as you make it. Yep. It's, it's up to the listener of how scary the music is to them. Yeah. Cause they can put their own, like what, what scares me? I'll hear that in the music. And Marilyn Manson has said the same thing and put in the song too. Shock is all in your head. Exactly. And that's what we're going to, I'm going to close with with a Manson lyric in a bit, but, um, kind of going to give you like a little booster for black metal but uh, uh, all the satanic shit that was happening in the 80s like people took notice like Ronald Reagan and Al Gore their wives literally started do you know what the PMRC is the Parents Music Resource Center like the Filthy 15 15. they they are responsible for the parental advisory label yeah that's funny. Now it's cool to have that on your exactly, album. dude. Like, it, it's all about the shock. Exactly, and like Nancy Reagan and Tipper Gore saw all this metal going on. It was like, oh, we need to do something about. That. Are they still alive? Uh, Nancy Reagan is she dead? I don't know, but I think Tipper Gore is still alive. Imagine what they Nancy. think about seeing what they see today. <laughs> yeah, like they probably would have a heart attack. Yeah, but dude, like they, what, what they did backfired because putting that label on a CD makes me want to buy it more. Right. And it, and it makes young kids want to buy it, too. They're like, oh, my parents tell me I can't have this one. Now I want it more, obviously. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, Merciful Fate, Venom, uh, who else was on that Filthy 15 list? There's a bunch. Oh, they made a blacklist? Literally. Like, wow. Yeah. It was 15 songs that I think the categories were violence. Molly Crew was on there for violence. Um, <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, sex. Uh, Judas Priest was on there. Uh, Wasp, another shock band, a hair band, but like they were Shocking. a good hair band because they had that aspect to them. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, the the occult. Oh yeah, which they, is that's, like, a, that's a buzzword. Yeah, like Venom and Merciful Fate, they were on there for that. Mm-hmm. So if they're like the first wave of black metal, which they are, I'll let you take it from here in terms of black metal. So okay. So, moving on to the second part of our topical subject today, black metal, the most Halloween band, the most satanic band. And speaking of Satan, I have my satanic Bible here. Okay. Um, maybe I'll read you a verse before bedtime today. Uh, put you to bed. Oh, yeah, that's, that's going to help you. Yeah. Um, anyhow, uh, yeah. So, like you said, first wave of black metal, Venom. Bathory, Celtic Frost, Hellhammer, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they started the trend. And then where you get into the fun stuff is the second wave of black metal. Mm-hmm. And that's in the 90s. Um, sure. Probably the height of shock rock. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not even rock anymore. It's gotten so heavy that it's a different genre now. And I'll say now, just for the purposes of shock rock, I feel like all black metal 
is shock rock. Not all shock rock is black metal, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But black metal's idea is to scare you. It I don't is. know if scare you is the right word, but challenge your way of thinking. I think it's definitely to scare you. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that, that's a very, I would agree with that statement. Okay. Um, yeah, second wave, you got Mayhem, Burzum, Dark Throne, Emperor, Gorgoroth. Good stuff. Uh, and they, they all invented a new genre of music, and they all lived in the same country. Right. So Norway invented black metal. Yes. Um, and uh, I know we, we both watched Lords of Chaos, which is a right. documentary about... Um, it's these, not a documentary, but it's like... Or, uh, it's like it's as, as real it could... As real as it could be. It's a biopic of black metal, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a biopic of black metal, and it's talking about all these bands, because when black metal was started, the front men and like the, the pioneering uh, artists of all these bands all hung out together, right. actually. Um, what what city was it? Uh, it was Oslo, I'm pretty sure, where Oslo. Euronymous had his uh, record store. So. Right, and uh, for those of you that don't know, obviously, Euronymous is called uh, the father of black metal. Right. He was the founding member of Mayhem, which might have been the um, the first new age black metal band. They're like true black metal. True, true black metal as we know it today. Yeah, the good stuff. Um, and yeah, so we'll talk about Lords of Chaos. If you guys haven't watched it, you definitely should. It's on Absolutely. Hulu. Yes. It's it's very enlightening, very very graphic too. So yeah. if you don't like graphic things, um, <laughs> definitely uh, we'll put a warning up here. Um, but yeah, so the, the spirit of black metal, why it came to be. Black metal looked at all other heavy metal, and they said, no, no, no. You guys are all posers. And that's like Metallica, Slayer. All the bands that came up to like 1992, they're like, you guys are all posers. You guys are all on tour. You talk about um, whatever you talk about, violence, drugs, uh, but you go home to your million-dollar mansion in Beverly Hills, and you drive like a Maserati. Mm-hmm. We, the the defi- the... To sum up, the sentiment of black metal would be, we really do it. Yes. Um, and they did do it. Uh, black metal's lyrics and subject matter is all about death, killing. Satan. Satan. Um, and yeah, the the lead singer of Mayhem, uh, Euronymous's band, was uh, committed suicide. He cut both of his wrists and his throat, and then shot himself with a shotgun. That and was dead. Who, yes, his name, yeah. his his uh, stage name was Dead. Um, right. And Euronymous found him in his bedroom, dressed up his corpse and the gun that he used to shoot himself. Took a picture of it and used it as an album cover. Yeah. And and that that basically encapsulates uh, what the sentiment of the new wave of black metal is all about. Yes. Um. And actually, they believe, or I, I read somewhere that uh, doctors believe that he had Cotard syndrome, dead, which What's is that? it's uh, where a person believes that they're deceased, or that you know yeah. that's obviously a paradox because how can you be deceased but you're still yeah, alive? Yeah. Uh, and then sometimes people will believe that they're uh, a ghost. It's a very rare um, hmm. disorder, but they believe he had that. Well, and um, I mean, from the movie, you can kind of tell like he's very spaced out. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and then, yeah, uh, going along with him before he committed suicide, uh, during Mayhem's concerts, he would self-harm while performing, yep. spraying blood on the, uh, the, uh, concert goers. Um, yeah. And then their bassist actually said that people started to recognize black metal after that because 
Mayhem capitalized on it and said, oh, he killed himself because he thought that black metal was getting too big and he didn't like posers and like he wanted to keep it esoteric. Mm-hmm. And then um, that's when he said that they their band actually blew up and everyone started to recognize them. Right. Um, and it, it, that's when Euronymous started the Black Circle, mm-hmm. which is him, Varg Vickerns, a couple other main guys, Varg Vickerns. Vickerns Faust and, from Emperor. Yeah. Uh, bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. And then in case you didn't know, Varg is the leader of – or the the – creator of Burzum, arguably the best black metal band of all time. Yeah. Um, they called him the Count, which is a dope nickname. Count Grishnok. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Grishly Grishnok. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're all in what was called the Black Circle, which was um, basically based in Euronymous's record shop, Helvet, which means uh, hell yep. in nice and simple. Norwegian. Yeah. Um, but yeah, still, uh, and then the tragic death of Euronymous, Varg Vickerns stabbed him like 40 sometimes in the back and in the head. Um, claims, and claims that was self-defense. To this but, day. And he's, 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 he's walking the streets as a free man right now, is. which makes no sense to me. But and he only served 15 years in prison. Yeah. Norway is very, very lenient with murder. And dude, like, you, you know you're guilty when you're at the trial and you're smiling. Right. Like if you if you we'll we'll throw a picture up. Yeah, this man absolutely. is sinister. Yeah, and uh, the way that in his his uh, his birth name is Christian. Yeah, which is very ironic. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, rounding it out, all these guys uh, when they made black metal, they were all about obviously shock rock. Mm-hmm. But and and they took Satan to the next level. Like, how can we really permeate the consciousness of uh, society and let them know that you know Satan is actually here? deified he's a real person which mm-hmm. isn't what satanism is about we talked about that right. that's not what satanism is um but they're like okay how can we really show that um satan is alive and uh that we channel him and that's when arson began in 1992 right uh between 1992 and 1996 50 churches were burned by 50. the black circle 50 and before that it was oh. only one what one church a year would be burned on accident in norway between 1992 and 96 50 burned jesus no pun intended. Yeah. Um, and they would, these guys would just, you know, go out, burn churches, take pictures of them, album cover. Yeah, literally. Uh-huh. And then one one member of the Black Circle, too, killed a person. Yeah. And... That was Faust from Emperor. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah. And then uh, they, they were all like, they praised him. Like, yeah. Dude, like, you're let, hardcore. Let's, let's go celebrate by burning down a church after mm-hmm. we just killed a guy. Yeah. Like... <laughs> it's insane, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I, I... The... It's... I feel like the... The movie doesn't... It doesn't it, do a lot of justice. It can't capture... I feel like it does a poor job of capturing the real energy yeah. of what it was like to be there. And I, I don't think anything can. And they also make Varg look like kind of a, a wimp. Kind of a wimp, in, but he, a I don't think he was like that. I don't think he was like the movie No, he, they, they they really played up the him being uh, yeah. kind of awkward and shy. But. I feel like Dead was the most accurate portrayal of all the people in that movie i feel like yeah euronymous too maybe he was a megalomaniac yeah Yeah. he tried to control everything he couldn't stand that varg was making better music than him essentially that burzum was better than mayhem and uh yeah he said some he said something that rubbed varg the wrong way and he stabbed him to death and i I also think that the film did a good job of portraying uh the rivalry between euronymous and varg how they they kept trying to one up each other and yep. um, outdoing each other, and that, that that goes back to what I said. Generationally, that's what's been happening with shock rock, mm-hmm. and then black metal. It, you can see it happening between just two bands and yeah. pushing themselves to go further and further. And I think that that's that's part of the reason why they got so extreme and 
also the the cult following aspect of it. These yeah. guys had complete control over their fan base and their musicians, and they just followed them around like basically a cult. Yeah, and I mean Varg, he he got his start by like loving Mayhem so much that he wanted to obviously be around Euronymous as much as he could, and Euronymous thought he was you know not that great until. He, sh- he said he basically said, "I'll show you how good I am." Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he did kind of, for for what it's worth, Varg was a part of Mayhem as as a bass player, like yeah. for a little bit. But like, that's not his true potential. Like Burzum is, Burzum is just him too, which is crazy. Like, yeah, he plays he does, all the instruments. Yeah, which is nuts. Like I love them both for different reasons. As much as I I hate Varg, like as a person, obviously, but like right. Burzum is some pretty killer music mm-hmm. and I mean it's a lot more at- atmospheric to me than Mayhem they're more fo- focused on like the riffs some of it is too much for me too atmospheric yeah, for me yeah but like I still like them obviously the, so. the vocals um, and we, I was gonna say uh, black metal also changed the heavy metal vocal um, or I was also gonna say black metal changed the way that heavy metal is sung yes they, they invented that kind of like high vocal fry demonic sounding um uh, vocal style for better or worse because you know that you I'm, like that I'm not a fan of that style but I like that era of bands is cool to me because they were the first ones to do it so it's mm-hmm. that being like 30 years old now I hear it I'm like that's that sounds newer than any black metal that's going on now really personally just because they did it first do you like any of them like what what would be your, your favorite black metal vocalist Black metal vocalist? Yeah, like what band? Uh, Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth, I guess. Really? Because he's kind of got the... He's he's really different. Like, he's more modern than those guys, obviously, but mm-hmm. he sings in a way where it's like you can understand him, but it's still, like, really black metal-y, mm. and it's just eerie and sinister to me. Mm-hmm. Very creepy. I, I And I like that vocal style. It's definitely the least accessible out of all of them, but I still love it. Black metal? Yeah, yeah. that kind of vocal style. Thought it out. It, this is uh, unrelated, but when I first got into metal, I started listening to death metal, and I was like, I literally can't understand a word. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is, I don't understand why people would listen to this. Like, why would I? <laughs> but then I, I, eventually I understood that it's like, sometimes it's not about the lyrical beauty. It's about the using your voice as an instrument. And mm-hmm. in metal, it's just a harsh sound. Yes, um, absolutely. And then, you know, I figured out that you can look up the lyrics afterwards. Bada bing, bada boom. There you go. Um, but yeah, I think that, should that wrap us up for black metal? You got, you got anything else to say? Yeah, I mean, if we're going to finish off with black metal, we can kind of pass the torch in a way. I mean, if if that heyday that we're talking about right now with Euronymous and Varg and Dead and all them, that was like early 90s, which is kind of when, unrelated but still shock, like Marilyn Manson, that's when he... Yeah. Yeah, and I mean... You're, you're, he, the, he's you're the, the Manson guy. So. Big Marilyn Manson guy. Of course. Uh, he's the Antichrist superstar. He's, the, he's like, the Antichrist of, of rock. Yes. He To me, he's the, he's the best shock rock. He's the best balance of being a rock star, but also being shock and staying true to himself because he's not commodified. Right. He's still around. He still makes music, but he's not... He he hasn't sold himself. I feel like. Yeah, and that that kind of, that's kind of what characterizes the '90s shockers to me is like the '70s guys. They wanted to sell records. Yeah. '80s, they were just focused on Satan pretty much, 
and then nineties were just psychopaths. Yeah, like the like the black metal guys. They but they were, were like they were just serial killers. Yeah, and Satanists. Well, the black metal guys, but like I'm I'm gonna get into like Slipknot and Ramstein. Right. Like they they have a different way of shock. Yeah, it's, it's more real. And it's more artistic. Yeah, and they're like a lot smarter about it. I mean, Manson, Alice Cooper even said like he is, he's the Alice Cooper of that generation. Like that Agreed. generation needs that guy to be like the Antichrist superstar. I mean, Sometimes I forget how big Marilyn Manson was in the '90s. He was a huge. Oh, yeah. he was huge in Japan too. He's a he's a following in Japan. Yeah. Shout out to all our Japanese fans. Uh, if you're listening to the pod right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Arigato. Um, does that mean thank you or hi? I think it means thank you. <laughs> okay, but yeah, to get to get back on uh, to Marilyn Manson, but um, how you were saying about the stage, uh, yeah, the show that Alice Cooper would put on uh, really went into it. In Marilyn Manson's autobiography, he talks about how he'd fill pinatas with like guts, like pig guts and blood, <laughs> and yeah. he'd throw it out into the crowd and be like, "Hey, don't break that pinata." And then they'd all break it open and it'd open up. And then it just like gross, disgusting stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's that's what put him on the map. Absolutely. Stuff like that. And like tearing up a Bible and lighting it on fire on stage. Wiping his ass with it. Yeah. Wiping his ass with an American flag. Yeah. Just desecration. Pretty much performing naked, like with that those stockings and stuff. Like cutting himself with a bottle, did you see that? Yeah, that yeah. too. I mean self harm is not good. No, it's not. But I mean he's <laughs> These trying guys to, did it though. <laughs> he's trying to that's the thing, though. He's he he has said that his biggest goal is to have kids think. Yes. Not like sure. If I shock you in the process, sure. But like, if I if I can have you think in a different way, if I can challenge like the boundaries of societal norms or whatever. Yep. And self-expression. It's a big thing. For yeah. Him too. Exactly. And I mean, um, it came with a price, obviously, because I mean, Columbine got blamed on him they they blamed him for columbine mm-hmm. like that's so messed up uh, scapegoat man he he is a scapegoat for that and scapegoat might be the 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 word for um america um but he had one of the most intelligent quotes out of uh that documentary bowling from columbine I, absolutely and uh what's the documentarian's name uh michael moore michael moore from asked, michigan also yeah, yeah uh michael moore asked him um you know what would you have said to these kids uh that shot up columbine and marilyn manson said i wouldn't have said anything i would have listened right which is what no one did exactly um so yeah, obviously he's, he's an intelligent person um but yeah, also uh, I was gonna go back to the the shock aspect. His look is like the coolest look. I feel it like is. he took the the makeup, the like white pale look, the corpse paint kind of look, and he made it really. I just I like the way he looks. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But another someone else who looks pretty sweet, obviously, is is, is uh, Slipknot. So I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you were setting up. It was okay, what talk I about up. how Slipknot is shock then. How is Slipknot shock? They're not. What do you mean they're not? They have masks. Slipknot's not shock rock? Okay, Slipknot is a band that took masks and made them great again. They're a shock (laughs) band for sure. I think part of it is Corey Taylor is just like the most intense vocalist. For sure. Uh, Heavy metal vocalist. The most intense is what I'd say. Yeah. He can, he can scream so fast and enunciate so well. Yeah, it's it's insane to me. It's like overbearing sometimes. Have you tried to like? 
you tried to emulate what how he like screams on Slipknot or Iowa? Of course. It's impossible. I mean, yeah, and I and I do. Like if I listen to Iowa or the debut album like in a in a car, which is like the ideal way to listen to it for me cuz I can like yell mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Like my my throat hurts after, yeah. like every time. My neck hurts from going. We should, we should get you in a in a booth. In a booth, like if like we get, Sid. If we get five likes on this video, <laughs> Brendan has to do a cover, a, at least a thirty second cover of a Slipknot song, as and try what? as hard as he can. What? Please get us there, because you have such a deep voice that I feel like you can do it. You can be a heavy metal vocalist. Yeah, I've. I can't be Corey Taylor though. If I'm going to be any metal vocalist, I feel like it's going to be Peter Steele. For typo negative. I feel like you could do Pantera. If I wanted to, sure. Yeah. But like... You're he, saying you would you would be him if you could be anybody? Yeah, because he's, he's got a very deep voice as well, obviously. And he's got... She's got a date at midnight. Exactly. Like, he's, he's kind of talking. And when he sings, it's just kind of like elevating his voice. Mm. Like, he's, he's a great singer, don't get me wrong. But like, mm-hmm. he's no Corey Taylor. Or was no Corey Taylor. If I was a vocalist, I'd be Marilyn Manson. I actually have the same vocal range as him. Yeah. Um, and I've screamed to many of his songs. I can't oh, sing like him, though. His singing voice is just so raspy and eerie and... Ugh, yeah, he can chills. do a lot of different things, too. Like, he yeah. can, like, scare you to death or sing, sing you, you to sleep. To tears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I don't know how we got on this, but going back to Slipknot, <laughs> uh, they've, Clown has said that, like, their masks are, like, a symbolic representation of themselves like they don't this is just hearsay but like they don't wear masks to shock you they wear it because like that's what they're like on the inside yeah and like growing up in iowa i'm sure probably wasn't an easy place to grow up in and like just the ugliness of their personalities were reflected through their masks yeah that's what they said and Joey Jordison said that when he puts his mask on, back when he was still in Slipknot, he, mm-hmm. I read this quote, and he was like, when I put that mask on, I feel like I'm trapped in hell. Like it's a very personal mm-hmm. personal experience for them. Absolutely. And each shock band has a great stage show, and Slipknot's is, as you know, it's awesome. But they've said that like when they perform, it's like them playing out their pain. Mm-hmm. So it's shocking in that sense, in a different way. Like, they're just going crazy on stage. Mm-hmm. And, like, they, they know, like, they've said, like, we, we could get hurt doing this. Like, we totally know that. Like, they've had so many, they've, like, sliced their head opens on, on drums. Uh, obviously, Corey's broken his knees from going crazy all the time. Sid, I'm sure, yeah, isn't in the best shape. So, I mean. It's cool. Yeah. Um, Mick Thompson, too, has talked about it, like, they get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, they're playing out that pain, like I said. And another cool thing about Slipknot that I like is Clown has also said, through playing out that pain, they they call their fan base, we're, we're the maggots, obviously. That's what they call us. Right. Like, if you're a Slipknot fan, you're a maggot. And what many people don't know about, I mean, I'm sure they do know, but maggots turn into a fly. Yep. So... He, the way Clown put it, it's maggots feed off Slipknot. Slipknot is the dead carcass, and we are, like, feeding off that negative energy and turning it into something positive because as a maggot, I can grow wings and fly somewhere more peaceful. 
I can do whatever I want kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like very poetic. Sal- it's salvation through pain. Yeah. It's... Catharsis. Exactly. And that's what that's what it's all about. It is. Um, yeah. on, a, on a somewhat funnier note, I guess, <clears throat> Ramstein is... A modern shock band. But, like, probably the best modern shock. Like, the... The best shock band right now is probably Ramstein. Yeah, because they have the best show. Yeah, and we, we we talked about that in the pilot too. I mean, they did we talk about that in the pilot? How um, Till Lindemann made porn? We yeah. talked about that, right? Yeah, and I was yeah. just about to say, like, uh, for the sake of censorship, I'm not going to say the name of the song, but they put it, they released it on porn sites. Yeah. To try something different. Mm-hmm. That that is their way of shock. Like, mm-hmm. that's wh- a, that's that's crazy to me. Like, that's a whole new level of crazy just being a celebrity too like your yeah. fans see you naked yeah. and that and like you're charging them to see you naked like hey you guys want to see me naked sure that's crazy to me it is and they've even said though like they them shocking their goal to shock or whatever is like to just to get a reaction out of you they said the worst thing that can possibly happen is is if you have no reaction at all mm-hmm. they just want to make you i mean you can say the same same thing about manson like they're just trying to get you to think in a different way. Yeah. They and want to do something different. Yeah. That's what he said, too. Yeah. Um, they, they were tired of hearing the same old thing, and they're like, well, let's do something different. Yeah. And That's I mean, when they have penis cannons on stage. Yeah, they have penis cannons that shoot, all that stuff. shoot cotton. And then they also have flamethrowers on their guitars that go off when they hit a note. Yeah. Which is so dope. It's so awesome. I can't believe no one did that before. Well... I mean, not not to get all technical over here, but uh, Ace Freely from Kiss, he part of their stage show. Like he, his thing was like get a flamethrower on his guitar. It would shoot a rocket out of the neck, and it's like not the same it, thing would, as a it would literally. Yeah, it's not a flamethrower. I'm just saying. Like, okay. Respect your elders. Okay. <laughs> respect your elders. Exactly, dude. Um, sure. Ace Freely. <laughs> the the man. Yeah. The space man. Ramstein has flamethrowers on the guitars. Yeah, they're 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 the best modern they they are the circus they're the carnival yeah 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 so that's a good way to put it they they took sh- they take shock to a new level which mm-hmm. is awesome um and going off that just to wrap up i guess is what, what you dropped that marilyn manson lyric earlier shock is dead there's old people who are scared of young people doing some crazy shit like it's all about like challenging like i said like challenging society like pushing the boundaries of what is the norm and i know that's difficult nowadays that's i guess that's kind of what i was saying like the norm right now is to want to be famous and popular and make a lot of money Mm -hmm. if you release an album anonymously you're doing the opposite of that you're saying i reject fame i reject recognition Mm -hmm. i just want to make art just just make art for the sake of making it Mm -hmm. okay yeah but it's not very shocking i guess I get what you're saying, though. It's just like I'm talking about stage presence. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like the carnival. Like you're talking. Like, like, who's the next great shock artist? Like, who's the next Marilyn Manson or Ramstein kind of thing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what can they do to get to that level? Like, it's everything's been done. Yeah. For the most part, except for killing yourself on stage, which is like, why would you obviously want to do that? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, I guess, what I'm getting at. So, like, is shock truly dead? Like, It, it can't be. It, it can always get more shocking. We'll see. Exactly. We'll see it happen. Like I said, as long as there's some young 
rebellious teens. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to scare the old people. I mm-hmm. think I think we'll be fine. Okay, top five Halloween bands. Uh, in no particular order, Emperor, Dark Space, Elysian Blaze, Waldflusta, and Shining. They're all black metal bands. Uh, check them out. Yeah, what you got? So you went straight black metal for your Halloween artist. Yes. Top five Halloween artists. Yeah. That's good, because I did none on mine. But but I will say, all right, who, who is, say it again. Emperor. Yeah. Dark Space. Elysian Blaze, Waldflusta, which is a German band, I'm probably butchering it, and Shining, which yeah. is a Swedish band. So I will say, Emperor, with that uh, Cosmic Keys to My Creation, is that the name of the song? I, and t- it's Cosmic Keys to My Creation in Times, I believe is the full title. Okay. Um, you've been trying to get me on Emperor for a bit now. I have. I loved, I love the music. It's just you it, hate the it's vocals. all the vocals. That I mean, what 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 about it specifically bothers you? Just because you can't understand what they're saying, is that it, or is it just you don't like it in itself? It, I, I love the prime example for like this style of vocal to me is like Death, because he's got a very harsh, aggressive. Do you de- like them? I love Death because I can hear what he's saying though at the same time. Like he's telling a story. If I can't understand. I mean, think about half the bands you listen to. You can't understand what they're saying. At least twenty percent of the time, you don't catch everything. Not everything. Think about Slipknot. You don't. You don't catch what he's, Corey Taylor's saying. Like most of the time, eighty percent of it. But Emperor, I can't understand a word. And that's sounds... yeah. But you, like I said, it's not about the lyrical beauty. It's about the voice as an instrument. But yeah, I get right. what you're saying. I I like it in itself. Genius is your favorite. Is your best friend in this situation. Sometimes yeah, I'll yeah, look yeah. up the lyrics and I'll follow along. Mm-hmm. And I, I can hear it once I see it. Yeah. But, yeah. So, Elysian Blaze? That's they are an uh, esoteric black metal band. That's the levitating... The carnal. Levitating the carnal. Yeah, the, al- the al- we'll put the album cover on the screen, but um, it sounds like it was recorded in a cathedral. Did you listen to that? I did. What'd you think? I listened to the album, not the... Is there a song called that? Yeah, and it's the album title. Okay, I just listened to the album straight, and then there was a certain point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, it's definitely it's like it's like uh, it's like a wallpaper for your mind. I'll yeah, describe that. Yeah, I would put it on while I do something else. Yes. Or when I'm driving at night. Well, I see, that. that's the. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't finish. It. Dude, I couldn't. I was, Were you bored? Is that why? A little. It's a lot of uh, like. It's a, it is black metal, but it's also a lot of like. Uh, bridges, like um, ambient. It's like post. Yeah, it's like ambient noise and like atmospheric sounds as well. But I will say, I loved Shining a lot more than I thought I would. I knew. Oh, really? Yeah. You didn't think you would? Like when you. They're riffy. That's why. They are riffy, and the I don't even know how to pronounce the name of the song, but it's like Lot Us, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, song. but there's like a, uh, a what do you call it? Uh, What's what's the term? Uh, I'm blanking here. Uh, sample a sample of like, it literally sounds like someone is trapped in a room, and they're like, literally having a mental breakdown. Yes. And I was like, yeah. Jesus, that Shining, is Shining is intense. That's the band that we were uh, telling you guys about. I think I might have cut this out, but 
Nicholas Carvorth, the le- the lead singer of Shining, and I think he plays all the instruments too. Mm-hmm. He's said before that the in- the intent behind his music is I want people to hurt themselves. I want people to self harm to my music, and the best thing that can happen is if you kill yourself while listening to my music. Jesus. And that is, I guess that's that might be as shocking as you can get. Yeah. Maybe that could be like a a thing, like making art that isn't really art. It's just a piece of negative. Yeah. But something. To counter that, like I loved the song. Yeah. Like, right. And it, it. It's a new version of dark. Th- th- so you did like it. I liked it a lot. It's a lot more riffy, huh? It was, yeah. Than what you would expect from Yeah, and you know I like the riffy black metal. Yeah, but some, some, some that I don't like some of the bridges in his songs. Like, sometimes he has too many breaks where it's, like, too many like too sample-y for me. Mm-hmm. I want the riffs, because he has dope riffs. Okay, um, that's fair. Yeah, so. Yeah, um, my top five Halloween artists. At number five, Halloween. <laughs> I knew. Shout out the Metal Pod, title of our uh, episode, Halloween. Yeah, I mean, dude. Sponsor us, please, Halloween. Send us free stuff. Dude, I mean, it's in their name. Yeah, no, you, you yeah, can't. No, it's fine. You can't have Halloween without Halloween, dude. <laughs> All right, what else you got? I mean, we don't like power metal, but that's good power metal. Anyways, yeah. um, number four, Alice Cooper, The okay. Godfather. Uh, number three, Kiss. Are you serious? Absolutely, dude. They're 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 the Halloween band. Do they make music that sounds like Halloween though? Is it spooky? It sounds more like rock and roll to me. Yeah, it is. But there's the songs that Gene sings because he's the demon. He's like this guy. I'm not going to listen to this guy on Halloween, but I'll listen to Gene's songs. Okay. Dude, right. I mean. Yeah, no. All right. I don't really know too much about Kiss, so. Yeah, that's fair. Um, number two, Rob Zombie. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah, puts yeah. horror movie samples yeah. on his like songs. Like, come on, exactly. he doesn't get much better than that. He's got the look. He's got the sound. Yep. He's he's the Halloween guy. Yeah, he makes horror movies. He makes Halloween yeah. movies. He made Halloween. <laughs> exactly, dude. So there yeah. we go. Um, if he's the Halloween guy, though, the Halloween band. I mean, besides Kiss, obviously. Um, the Halloween band <laughs> nowadays is for me Ghost. I mean, they sure they've got that how. Spooky sounding. Very spooky sounding. And yeah. uh, they all dress up, so. Cool. Hell yeah. All right. Pick of the week for me, The Satanic Mass by Anton LaVey. Oh, it's an album on Spotify. He says the mass. He does like an hour of just reading out of this book, um, and, he, and there's music. It's good. We should put an excerpt from that short film we made right here. Do you have that? There's a link to it somewhere. I think I don't. I, do. I tried to find it a couple times. I couldn't. If you find it, though, I'll do that when me. I get home. Absolutely, it's dope. Uh, what's your pick? My pick of the week. Uh, at the time that this airs, Pantera reinventing the steel 20th anniversary edition is coming out Friday, October 30th, day before Halloween, 20th anniversary. Same day. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's Pantera, dude. Like, why would I not pick that? Listen it's- to it. Absolutely. Or Phil Anselmo will come and kick you in the ass. Exactly. My second pick of the week is Every Day is Halloween by Ministry, because it is. That's a fire song, dude. <laughs> you heard it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's good. All right. Go first with trivia. With trivia? Yeah. It's trivia time. You ready to lose? Shut the hell up. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. How many 
Marilyn Manson albums did Trent Reznor produce, and what are they? <laughs> albums? Yeah. Three. What are they? Is it is that right though? Because you said how many and what are they? Oh, I, I guess that's not a fair question. Okay, I'm gonna say Portrait of an American Family. Yep. Antichrist Superstar. Yep. Hollywood. No, but I will say one of them is technically an EP. So, so that's why I asked you albums. No, so yeah, that doesn't I count. Know. Was you, it Smells Like Children? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I see. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a technicality. It was. No, you got. I'm giving it to you for sure. Okay. You, you know your stuff. Good. Well, so what were, the two, what were the albums? No, but that was it. You said them all. Not not Hollywood. Portrait of American Family, Smells Like Children, Antichrist. Okay, that was my I was wondering if I got Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Not that Hollywood. was, uh, I knew it was three, I feel like, and that's why I put Hollywood in there, but that was after he right. left. And Hollywood sounds like a Marilyn, like Marilyn Manson produced it too. It's a very tight um, album and it has cool electronic parts. And like. Yeah, but dude, that's the thing. Going back to Columbine, just for a sec, I feel like there's pre-Columbine Marilyn Manson and there's post-Columbine Marilyn Manson. Because, like, I love Portrait and I love Antichrist because they, they're like, it's Trent Reznor, of course. Like, it's got a harder edge to it than Mechanical Animals is, obviously. Mechanical Animals, Hollywood, and Golden Age of Grotesque all have their, I, I like them, but they're not as, you said you like the screaming Marilyn Manson. I do. Those albums I just said are not the screaming Marilyn Manson. Holy Wood Marilyn Manson screams, though. Yeah. Yeah. And he sings. Mechanical Animals, definitely not, but um, Golden Age of Grotesque, that's because of Tim Scold. I told you the show that came out. Tim Scold is Marilyn, was Marilyn Manson's bassist, and uh, he produced their records. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a Swedish guy, I think. He's foreign. Sounds like it. Um, he has a solo band called Scold. They're cool. Um, but yeah, that new sound is mostly because of him. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean that kind of ties and in, and then with, after that he just stopped screaming and like yeah, saying exactly, which which we talked about last episode with like Pale Emperor, etc. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, my trivia was way too basic, so I'm gonna think of a new one. No, you've been you have you've been having multi parters, like multiple steps. If I was to just ask you, what what albums did Trent Reznor produce of Marilyn Manson? It would still be the same amount because you'd have yeah, to name them. Yeah, but it's different because. All right, whatever. Okay. <laughs> You'd have to name them regardless. Who officially coined the term black metal? Who? Yeah. Who officially? What band? Venom. Yeah, see, that was way too easy. Yeah. F*** off. I'll get you <laughs> next time. One right. hot minute. Put a minute on the clock. Elitism and metal. Uh, me and Brendan are not the biggest black metal fans. Um, definitely not my favorite genre of metal. Mm-hmm. Um, so all you elitists out there, don't rip our heads off, all right? We're just two guys in college that like heavy metal, okay? Yeah. Um, elitism and metal is asinine. It makes no sense. Uh, why are you hating on other metal heads? Because... Elitists basically say this is a closed uh, group. We don't want to let more people in. Why would you not want? Why would you not want more people to listen to metal? That means we have more metal bands, more friends to talk to. 
more better music. Um, and the, the point of metal is to be accessible to people that don't fit in. So when you're an elitist in heavy metal and you're telling people that what they're listening to is bad or like um, it's uh, mainstream, it's just detrimental. Like I've been told that listening to Pantera, that Pantera is a pleb tier band. A pleb tier? Pleb tier band. What does that mean? A plebeian is a commoner. And I've been told before that Pantera is a pleb tier band. Just because they're common and liked by many doesn't make them any less heavy. Or artistic. Pantera's heavier than any black metal band. And I feel like Agreed. most elitists come from black metal. A lot of them do. Um, and it's like, okay, but who hasn't started? Who who didn't listen to, even if that were the case, right? Even mm. if they were popular. And you like underground stuff now. Mm. I know for a fact you started listening to them when you started listening to metal. Or you listened to them when you started listening to metal. Of course. So how can you hate on them if you used to like them and they got you to where you are? Exactly. Um, that's my one hot minute. Don't be an elitist. Be welcoming. Because that means we get more metal. Yeah. I mean, going off of that, like, Kiss is a prime example. They were a huge part of my upbringing. Don't really like them that much anymore. But that doesn't mean someone else can't like them. Like, I feel like we have our elitist moments at times. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But. It, but all being said, metal is metal. Yeah. It's just music, right? At the end of the day, it's just music. That's the thing, though. Like, I feel like elitist, they take their they, they take their offense because they don't consider a certain thing metal. Like, I brought this up last time. Like, new metal, I feel like they don't characterize. They probably talk the most shit about new metal because it's less metal. Yeah. Equally heavy, in my opinion, sometimes. Yeah. And it, like you said, though, it's all metal. We're all on the same team here. Like, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> there are some bands, though, that... Like, our posers. Yeah, absolutely. But, and, we, and we've talked about that, but that that's not the point that we're trying to make. The point that we're trying to make is... The, the point that we're trying to make is, like, don't... Just don't be a dick. Don't <laughs> hate on someone for, the like, the music they listen to. Or, or don't tell them, like... Don't tell them that something is objective when it's subjective. Yes. At the same time, though, I like it when people tell me that I'm a weirdo. I mean, look at me right now. I'm wearing a fucking Slipknot ski mask. Like... I like it when people tell me I'm a weirdo like that, because then it's like, it makes me like the metal more. Right, it's like, yeah, I am. You know? Like, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so don't take it to heart. Yeah, absolutely. What do you got? Um, yeah, my one hot minute is kind of in the same realm as black metal. Um, I don't, I, I, we should definitely put a disclaimer of some kind. Like, we don't condone any of the things that we have talked about, like, on the show. Like, oh, no. Like, church burnings. No. Bad. Self-harm, Self terrible. Harm. Terrible. Mental health, get some help. Yeah, etc. And I mean... Elitism, could do without it. Yeah. But all these things tie into the ethos of black metal. Or not black metal, just heavy metal in general. Um, so I feel like black metal was... Pun intended. Black metal was a necessary evil. It was the logical progression of heavy metal. Yeah, because they took it to a point it had never been before. Can't really go much further. No. And as, for better or worse, like, metal has suffered the consequences of that. Yep. But it elevated metal into the stratosphere of, yeah. like, How? mainstream media attention, blah, blah, blah. Taboo. Yeah. Like, just not just media attention, just, like, the taboo of society, like, the edge of it. Like exactly. How, how fucked up can we get? So, yeah, like, I, I like some black metal, of course. I don't necessarily like the things they stand for. 
mm-hmm. but still a necessary part of the metal history book. Like, yes, you got it. It's an ugly it. part of it, but it is a part of it. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Like I said, I don't condone <laughs> any of the bad things that they do, but mm-hmm. it was it was necessary for the progression of metal. So yep. there we go. Mm-hmm. Songwreck, The Devil is Calling by Gorgoroth. I've been listening to this for a week straight. It's so good, very rhythmic. The vocals are awesome. The lyrics are harsh. Check it out. Link in the description. Gorgoroth, The Devil is... I'm about to play it right after we done where we hit end. Awesome. Um, yeah, keep trying to get me to that some more black metal. I'm trying, bro. I like the stuff you, you showed me last time. Um, yeah, so as a way to kind of tease next week's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, politics and metal. Everyone's uh, favorite subject, politics. Yeah, it's a tough subject, but it's it's election week, so we feel like we should probably address it. Address it for mm-hmm. sure. It's, it's relevant. A, very, yeah, very relevant, very pivotal. Uh, I think politics are in music a lot more than we think, and especially in metal. Um, yeah, we'll get into that next week, but as a way to kind of prep you and prep you for... Uh, that uh, my song wreck is a song called Point the Finger by Body Count, which is Ice T. That's his band. Ice T. Featuring Riley Gale. Wow. Yeah, it, it's callback. That's and that, folks, is what we in the industry say is called a callback. Yes, it's uh, it's the political anthem that 2020 needed. Yeah. It's, it's about police brutality, uh, racial injustice, uh, and I I just love it because. Obviously, Body Count is Ice-T, yeah, African-American, cool. lots of African-Americans in that band. Um, Which is it. uncommon in metal, so it's cool to see that. Yeah, it's it's uncommon, but very much welcomed, because I like the diversity more yeah. so. And the cool thing is, Riley Gale is the this this southern white guy who's mm-hmm. singing with... Ice-T. Yeah, and it's a hard-hitting, much-needed... Do you ever wonder if Coco listens to Body Count? Ice T's wife. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, Coco. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, she, yeah, I'm sure she does, <laughs> but she probably hates it. <laughs> Have you seen the music video for uh, Body Count's cover of Institutionalized? Yeah, great. And Coco's it's in awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So fantastic. Check that out. Link in the description as well. Absolutely. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So we're gonna get into some politics. We will. All right. Peace out. Have a happy and safe Halloween. Eat some candy. Listen to some metal. Watch horror movies. All the good stuff. Yeah, tune in to uh, the Hours of Power on Impact 89 FM Thursdays from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Collabs coming soon with them. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, one more thing. We're, uh, I don't know if we'll, this will be relevant, but uh, we're getting our stuff on Spotify. It should be there by the time this episode airs, so we can just put it right away. But yes, if it's not, it's coming. Apple Music as well. YouTube. All YouTube. That, all that good stuff. We're coming for everything. Hell yeah. Peace out. Metal! You hit it again. Always. You've been listening to The Metal Pod, a production of Impact 89FM. Our thanks to Impact's general manager, Jeremy Whiting, station manager, Amber Kinutsky, and programming director, McKenna Lowndes. Tune in next time for more updates on all things metal. The Middle Boy!